0: we used to go to antique fairs or markets and take photos on a polaroid yes point the polaroid out and post it to the client by the furniture you know (laughs) think about that that's what we used to do
1: welcome to design pod with me hamish kilburn
2: and me harriet ford design pod is the contemporary voice for all interior designers and architects on the go
1: the topics and personalities amplified on the podcast will give texture and perspective on the key issues that face modern a and professionals as briefs and deadlines become much more challenging. But it's also a safe space, if you like, for anyone who's interested in architecture and design. Harriet and I have been working on this podcast concept for what genuinely feels like forever, and we've overcome many challenges to get to this point. Welcome back to Design Pod for Harriet. What episode is it? Is it episode five? Five, I think it is. Episode five. And we are in person. We
2: are. It's so exciting. For the first time. We are here in Orange Box.
1: This is always the dream. I know. (laughs) (laughs) To be in person. Um, Yeah, and we're in Orange Box. So um, Orange Box have very, very kindly allowed us to use this space. And what a space it is. Um, You know, surrounding us is office uh, workspace, furniture and solutions. And it is genuinely just the perfect space for us to film.
2: I know, we've got this comfy little soundproof yeah. booth and um, just sitting, you know, in Clark and well, what's not to like?
1: And it feels like, it feels like things are going back to normal I know, now. I've got
2: my little coffee and, you know, <laughs> we've had a little takeaway lunch and, you know, it's just maybe things are trickling back into place. So slowly, slowly.
1: I think so. And uh, so today's episode is all on creativity crafted. Yes. Harriet, you brought these lovely ladies into our design pod sphere. So tell us a yes. bit more about so and
2: Carden Canetti, so um, Eleanor and Audrey wonderful pair of ladies who uh, started their business 25 years ago and uh, we had a fantastic conversation with them about how their business started, how they met, how their business started, how it's evolved and eventually obviously uh, pandemic, you know, how they survived that too and um, they just, they are creati- creativity personified. I think they were re- they were great interviewees and uh, we learned a lot from them. Totally
1: and what I, I personally love about them is that They had the ability to, to, you know, to scale up their business and they didn't. They kept it authentic and true to their roots Um, and that's been really wonderful that their whole journey has been led through passion and not necessarily just pure business decisions.
2: Yes, I think they realised that once they got to a larger size, that they, they compromised their creativity. You know, they started running a business, which of course we all do. But the the, the priority was the business over the what they loved doing, which was uh, which was designing. And so they scaled back down again to a point where they they were in control of the creativity. And um, I think that's just testament to where their priorities are in terms of um, you know how they service their clients really.
1: And also. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna address a rather big elephant in the room, which is diversity, which is always a tricky one to talk about, especially when you're on record, you have to be very sensitive, which a good thing or a bad thing, but it's, it's kind of wonderful to see, um, you know, women leading and and there's a statistic that someone read to me recently because they were questioning the diversity and the equality of some of our panel discussions which really really annoyed me Mm. because we don't choose what positions people are in but in a panel discussion we only want the design directors or whatever and it doesn't really matter who they are um but what i love about um these ladies is that they're they're leading and someone read a, a stat to me saying you do realize 70% of the industry um, is uh, a females and that's very that's all well and good but you know a, a lot of those I would say proportion are, are not ranked very highly um, but it's wonderful to see leading designers female designers, paving the way mm. and they were back in 25 years ago yeah, as well. Yeah
2: I mean just consistent beautiful design if you have a look at their website it's just the projects they do are lovely and you know that's been carried through by their strength of character, their creativity and their, their, just their, their consistency towards the industry. They, they are a really good example of a great design duo who have um, you know carried their own message through for the last 25 years.
1: Yeah totally. Well let's meet them shall yes. we? This podcast series is sponsored by Bathroom Brands Group, which includes established, trusted and regularly specified bathroom brands such as Crosswater, Burlington, Britain and Clearwater. Welcome, Audrey and Eleonora. Um, So tell us, you two actually met at a London Antiques Fair when you were both searching out items for projects that you were working on is that correct is that not like a match made in heaven
0: that's sort of correct okay we actually met earlier than that ah that was sort of how we got together in the industry but we met when was it 80s we were essentially rock chicks
3: and we had um, <laughs> boyfriends in the same band Oh but they excellent. were not the Rolling Stones they were a jangly Glasgow kind of guitar band which we thought was even cooler than the Rolling Stones at that point mm. but obviously it wasn't um, and so that's how we first met so we knew each other socially and then we both were working independently in London on our own and we met at the antique firm we said oh you know maybe we should do something together mm.
1: that's mm. brilliant excellent that's but really good Yeah,
0: the, we actually did, hadn't seen each other so when was it sort of 90... 90- was it early 90s was probably when we met and then we got together again in 1996
1: right Mm. I mean I keep saying to Harriet that we should do something together
0: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) when you're when you're um friends or you know each other socially to then work in in that environment and that Mm. arena together Mm. that's Mm. that's a big change
2: yeah so how do you balance your skills between you um you know your strengths and your weaknesses Has that has that sort of evolved over the years as you've yeah. worked together and it, you've sort of it's emerged who likes doing what more and and uh was it always a conscious setup of it no. wasn't a
3: conscious setup no and no, when we started we did one project together mm-hmm. which we had really good fun and then i was living in notting hill eleanor was in media vale and we thought oh we should get some premises we should get together get a studio and we drive past um, Westbourne Park Road and we saw a shop I mean let's just have a shop you know it was completely kind of naive at the start oh we'll have a shop and we'll have a design business Yeah, then That's we had a construction company so we oh, wow. did the whole kind of gauntlet of
0: yeah, was, yeah. I mean I'd, I'd gone to a lot of antique spheres I was really into kind of going waking up and going to Kempton at the crack of dawn and buying <laughs> things for clients so it was kind of the idea of oh I'll do that and I'll have an antique kind of antique shop and then audrey was doing she was more in the construction side of things doing renovations that was her background so we kind of put the two together yeah um and open you know got the lease on the shop got a bank loan which was you know a few banks pushed said no we're not we're not lending to an antique shop it's not a business that you know we'll lend to but luckily a bank a kind bank manager lent us 10 grand i think it was can you imagine starting a business. <laughs> we put it. We, I mean, we literally started our business. We started our business with twenty grand. I think mm. that's something that you can actually mm. say. That's quite a, amazing when you look back on that. Yeah. That wow. We got a ten grand bank loan, and we each put five thousand pounds in. I mean, five thousand pounds now <laughs> yeah. would last like ten two, minutes. Ten minutes. But um, we did it. Yeah. So we opened the shop May nineteen ninety six. So we're coming up for twenty five years
1: amazing that it's really being fueled by passion as well you know yeah. like the business obviously is important but that kind yeah. of just fell into place once the passion was sort of, yeah. sort of there. yeah
3: and then you obviously live and learn and you work out that you know some things aren't profitable anymore so you kind of ditch that part of the business and then you know we ended up not coming out of the construction because that is just always a pain
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah totally um,
3: but then you've got all the experience of having done that. So when we do turn up on you know first day of the building site to meet all the builders, we know exactly what they should be doing. We're happy to look down a trench. We happy to look at like how things are insulated. Yeah, because we had we did do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it so was pulled, all
3: kind of building bricks to where we are now.
2: And so had you did you imagine when you started then you would have what you have now or has that been a sort of conscious path or are you just sort of discarded as you went along or, and you just sort of honed it down to the bits you really like doing? I think
0: you're constantly honing. I mean, we're still honing now. I mean, I think that, yeah, the business has changed. Everything's changed so much. Mm. I mean, you have to remember when we started, we were quite a unique interiors company and there wasn't a lot available out there there really mm-hmm. wasn't you could go to harrods or heels or habitat or, or your or your or your antique shops so we mm. were kind of trying to put the two together so then it kind of interiors became kind of a really big thing yes
2: you're right um,
0: and it's really grown changing rooms you know rooms yeah, we've you got know. All yeah. <laughs> and um so it's really awesome. changed. So you have to kind of move. You have to sort of see. I mean, we, we actually, I was thinking about this the other day. We actually had the first, we had online, we had an online presence of our shop. But this was before you, could, you couldn't you could do online shopping. So yeah. what you'd have to do is you could look at it on the website and then phone the shop to place the order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't actually purchase anything online. No. Yeah. So, and it, of course, was a total failure. Mm. They, like, <laughs> yeah. Because... because Because we were too soon, you know, and so it's just quite funny now. I kind of think, oh, God, if we'd only if we'd only stuck it out, maybe things, you know, we could have had a big online shop. Our issue is when we
3: had the shop was we loved going to like all the trade fairs. So we'd go to New York and we'd buy Uh stuff. We'd go to Paris you know and we'd find all these amazing niche pieces mm. but we didn't have that we didn't have a massive spending power so we would buy say 20 of them mm. and then conran or someone would come around and see our nice little niche pieces and then go and order a hundred oh, and then no. we would <sighs> have to drop that line yeah so yeah there was a kind of a at one point it was just like the economy of scale here is not working for a
0: very small niche shop yeah, yeah it was mm. a small space yeah. i mean it was tiny it was yeah. f- what was it, 500 square feet?
2: I know exactly where it was, it was so near tiny. Crucial Trading yeah. and just yeah, in that little run door,
0: there. So it was tiny. I mean, it'd be better to have a jewellery shop in the space we had. Yeah, and We were showing massive sofas. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah.
2: But it's wonderful because you hone your skills for sourcing and you know where yeah. to go and find things. And, and then you a-
3: found people because people, then you had a window on the world. So instead of just being this nebulous thing that you might have had a couple of... Um, rooms published or a a house published in a magazine people could come to a bricks and mortar place and see and we're very eclectic so there would be like an amazing old antique table with some beautiful new candles and amazing modern textiles and they could see that actually you could put the you know a room or something together Mm. and you know, there was something substantial
2: Mm, there. So mm. it did
3: work in that
2: Mm, mm. But now
3: again, you see, that was before people were totally focused on the internet. Yeah, I mean, Mm. we all had mobile phones, but you didn't really use
0: them like computers, right? No. Call the builders.
1: But it's crazy how much time, like how how much things have changed in such a short period of time. When you look back, that is just-
0: And it's, I mean, constantly changing. We've had to make so many big kind of pivot, even this year, pivoting. Mm. but so many big changes to kind of um, work around things, how things changed in the industry. Mm. In our
1: previous interview um, last month, we had Jason Bradbury on the show Mm. and he was talking about the democratization of everything. So now the big change is that everyone, anyone can have a platform like Harriet and I Mm. on on DesignPod. Mm. Um, That must be changing the way in which you run your business for interior designs, no? Because everyone feels as if they can be a designer.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so how do you become, how do you retain your sort of niche status?
3: Well, you can, everybody Expertise. can be an, <laughs> an interior designer, yeah. but then they put it all together and it's a mishmash. And then they phone <laughs> you up and say, I've made some mistakes, or can you come and help me? i bought some things and it doesn't all go together. And you're like, oh, well.
0: That. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lot of those It doesn't projects fit,
0: projects? No. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I think we've become more like, I mean, the only way to describe, we're almost like interior architects now. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, the expertise and experience of that kind of level. And that's the kind of things that we're involved in now. We're much more involved in really very complicated builds.
2: Mm. Very technical.
3: Very, very technical.
0: Everything's really, it's a really... You know, unfortunately, tons of drawing work, like the poor designers are all back. That's mm. all they're doing mm. all day is drawing. Join bathrooms. What is drawing really interesting. bathrooms. Drawing bathrooms. Really, really technical. It's a lot less kind of people think it's, you know, we're, Doing this, but yeah, at no. The time we're not. Well,
2: I think the perception <laughs> of interior designers, the uh, the public need to understand that the perception, their perception yeah. of interior designers, is, is not about cushion fluffing. Yeah, you know, it's a lot more technical, and um, yeah. you know, without that element to our to uh, string to our bow, you know, we don't provide the full the full service. Yeah. It Um. also
3: depends on the client. If the client wants, you know, if an architect is the stronger person in the mix, then the architect will take on the doors, the ironmongery, the identity of the actual envelope, the outside of the envelope. But if the client prefers the style or has come to the interior designer first, then you have to take on all those elements. Mm. So as Mm. Eleanor says, you have to do the ironmongery, you have to do the door, you have to look at the skirting, you have to Mm. look at the junction of Mm. the ceiling so mm. that is a lot more technical and you know most people can go on pinterest and can choose a lot of cushions and can mm. go to anthropology or B italia but they don't know how to think mm. about mm. the things that make it sharp and clean or decorative or you know how big a ceiling rose to put up or they then their house is finished they go Oh, it's a shame we didn't put a ceiling rose there or whatever you know yeah
2: yeah Hmm. no i don't think they understand the 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 envelope really that all the elements are required to pull the whole look together they know when it works and they can see when it doesn't work but they can't actually see the steps to get to that point most people don't want to do that they want to do the cushion bit maybe but they don't Mm -hmm. actually want to be doing the other bits at all
0: it's not just pretty pictures i mean that's the whole thing i mean it really isn't yeah and it's become much more I mean it is really much more very technical than it was mm. before. Mm. Like, well clients
1: demand the, so much more as yeah, well, don't they? But yeah. what I think is wonderful is that yeah. your journey and you said, you know, some things worked, some things didn't, yeah. but you managed to pick all of that knowledge up along the way and yeah. it's actually really helped it's you for learning. It is constant yeah, relearning. We're now yeah. in a modern world yeah. where, you know, yeah. you guys can thrive in the projects yeah. that you're working on. Yeah.
2: Well as new products are developed constantly, you've got yeah. to you've got to go through those learning curves with those products, those ideas, those innovations, yeah. like smart smart homes, you know introducing all the sort of audio I mean we don't want to do a deep dive into it but we kind of need to know enough to yeah. know what what the impact might be on our scheme because somebody yes. will come and put something some there, somewhere where you really don't want it and you've got to know okay why why we don't want it there and what we're going to do with it.
3: But it's even things like air conditioning because you know when we started re- no one had air conditioning. No. In the UK. <laughs> yeah, but well, we've done quite a lot of projects in the states. So of course, everyone in the states has air conditioning. Mm. And then you realise, like you know, there you know, there's you need a lot of space in a house to run air mm, conditioning. Sure. <laughs> you need big yeah. gaps in the wall, and so then. The experience of doing that, I always feel, really helps me doing it. When someone comes along and says, air conditioning, you go, right,
2: okay. Mm, I'm mm, sure you know what yeah. we're talking about <laughs> You just open the window. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 no, we have quite a lot of clients who come from abroad and they automatically want to put it in in the UK because they have it abroad where it's hot. Yeah. So it's just one of the things that they want. Yeah. So uh, so no, totally, totally get that one. So creativity crafted, that's your strap line <laughs> on your website. Cardinal um, Kinyasi
0: Creative. creative.
2: Did very good.
0: <laughs> that's yes, why, that's why I put it. That is why that that word came out. We did um we, when lockdown happened, um, we decided to do a bit of a marketing, a rebrand on the website, and a bit of a marketing kind of campaign. Mm. So obviously went to our longtime collaborator, and um, um, she put together the kind of image and redesigned the website.
2: It looks so lovely. That is, a,
0: that is a really, we didn't make that up, that, that, <laughs> another professional did, but uh, you know, every we do a lot of things like Cardi Kennedy Christmas, everything CCC, CCC. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But what I do think about that creativity and crafted is that you can be very creative. I mean, you know, come up with all these ideas, mm-hmm. but unless the craft of putting it together, be it a construction thing or having the knowledge that, you know, you don't put unlacquered brass wherever, or, you know, mm. or just certain things. And that's where the craft area comes into mm. it. And I really
1: do think that craft and craftsmanship really is the word of, of mm. 2021 because of that reason. And yeah. there are so many products being launched monthly. These, I mean, these days there's just so much out there. There's so many options for interior designers. Yeah. Do you ever find it difficult to sort of craft your way through them in order to find that, that right product for you? Are there too many options out there?
0: I mean, it could get it could get overwhelming. I think, certainly this year, it's been quite a interesting stall because after years and years and years and years and years, and years of being really inundated with so much stuff, mm. and to the point where you know you do get to that point where you kind of can't even see anything more. When you know you do Milan for a week, mm. and you're, you know, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can't see anything anymore. But you know, in how much you can actually f- absorb. I mean, I used to actually draw everything because I couldn't actually. I can't, rem- you know, it just kind of goes in. Mm. We photograph and we take it all. So this year we've had this very strange kind of mm. break from it, where we haven't seen suppliers. I mean, obviously we get emails through, mm. and and also I don't think people have actually. They haven't been making a lot of things. I mean, it's mm. only now I think starting up again. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, yeah, really, yeah. You
0: know, you know there aren't a lot of new products, but you know when it's going to be really exciting when if you know, if and when we can go to a trade show. Yeah. Mm. Because I think that break has actually been quite nice to sort of, I mean, we are, I I am ready to see new things for sure now. I think trade
1: shows were just becoming so, because everyone had, there's so many out there for starters, but also they're they're the same brands at each one. Whereas now it's been quite nice to have that break to, you know, to see what's been happening behind the scenes, but actually.
0: Yeah, it's like a a brain rest.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, kind of being something that channels, creativity but also communication with people and connection I'm I'm so craving human connection it's so lovely to be in person yeah doing this podcast today
0: yeah no definitely I mean I was down the second day when Chelsea Harbour opened yeah and that that is saying something because I never went there we didn't have to go there before so I was actually down there looking for new things so I mean the break has definitely had that sort of effect of you know I've of wanting to get out there again yeah but you not, said that
2: you know. i mean trade shows also tend to churn out the same things so yeah. you know mm-hmm. you just see the same things again 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 and you you need to and actually to have a break and then really notice what's new is fantastic because yeah. actually previously i think you sort of think oh i've seen 70 percent of it and then what i'm trying to hunt yeah. out is the, is the, new, the yeah. new bits and pieces but also i
3: think there's an argument for saying that sometimes it's quite good that you you know the, you you don't need new new all the time if someone's hmm. going to invest £20,000 in a sofa, they want mm. something that in 10 years' time is, yeah, you know, a classic, really, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, a really good sofa is going to cost you that probably mm. every time you get really nice fabric. Okay, you might recover it, but I think you have to, on some elements, you don't really want to have, like, new, new, new. I mean, I think you have to kind of mix them up.
2: Mm. I know I totally agree I think actually uh, uh, what i found is, is actually honing down what I like and what I consistently like and I've liked over the years mm-hmm. and seems to just come up and get repeated and repeated actually that's really valid uh, mm. because what we're inundated with is far too much Im- uh, too much imagery too much yeah. content yeah. and it's an unhealthy amount I feel sometimes actually it's a really good to be able to go I don't need it all I don't need to look at it all I've actually got some really great things in my stable that I like to use again well, and, also
0: and again. Well, rep- suppliers.
2: Yep. Well-made stuff products. It's not going to
0: break and yep. and you know, you've got a good relationship with them. Yeah. So if there is a problem, they'll fix it.
2: And something you because, might have sat on, you know, you know rather yeah. than buying it off well, the internet. That, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know at least the client has to go and sit on the sofa or lie on the bed but you know if you're buying a piece of furniture from the States and there isn't a seller you know a distributor here yeah
3: I think it depends what it is I mean at a certain point you have to take a leap of faith but if it is the main sofa in the TV room yeah I completely agree yeah but if it's a formal sofa that you know they're going to do cocktail you know I would take a bit of a risk on something like that Mm. but it's true what Eleanor says especially now with like the whole one of when the COVID thing started and the pandemic and everything, one of my clients, one of the first emails was like, wasn't like, how are you It was like, how exposed are we then in terms of what we're buying?
2: Ooh, okay. Which,
3: you know, as you know, they're finance-based, finance, finance based, well, yeah. you know, it's, that was actually quite a valid thing as well. Mm. And I was like, oh, I better actually look and see what our orders are. And it turned mm. out we were fine, but you mm. know, that's, you know, that would have been,
2: mm. you know, Mm-hmm. That, that there was a violent, high
3: level, level of anxiety, anxiety at right beginning. in the
0: beginning you didn't know that governments were going to be helping people so that would be your first yeah thing. yeah very you scary know, There'd be a whole bunch of companies that would have gone
2: gone down yeah yeah no totally so the overall effect of lockdown on you both or on the company presumably working from you know remotely yeah. and um trying to keep things going has it been good a good uh, difficult experience or has it been it interesting happened
0: really easily weirdly
2: mm-hmm. i mean that
0: was you know i mean it you know everyone kind of picked up all the technology quite quickly and is using it and it's you know the fact that the technology kind of just all kind of you know we work on zoom slack um zoom and slack Slack, basic and email and and Mm. it all works fine
3: yeah i was really reluctant to leave my office because it's not very far from my home and Mm. i just was so tied to it and then you know we didn't have any choice and actually I've, i've i mean i'm fine i i yeah. made my own like an office at home mm. I, you know the zoom thing it works really well it's hard to be very creative with your other um designers yeah. on zoom because there's something really nice of being in the studio and getting all the samples out and looking together and being creative together I yes think that is i quite think difficult to do but of
1: yeah. just like when you're designing hard
0: to show on zoom
1: But but just like when you're designing an interior design project, it will have its place. It will have its, and I I think where its place will be is, you know, when these um, brands launch new products, for example, they won't just use that as an opportunity to get everyone into the showroom. They will will use that as a global platform. And then these events that we do go to will therefore have more meaning, have more purpose, and then will really be centered around that human connection and Mm. the conversations that, you know, are really spurring the industry on, Mm. you know, and I just think, Mm. Zoom has been. I mean, we've hated it to a certain extent recording the yeah. podcast, but yeah. it has also really allowed us, um uh, all of our brands, to to connect to, ca- to keep going. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I think the creativity. I mean, not having access to the library must be re- is really difficult, and mm-hmm. doing schemes remotely is almost impossible. Well, we go in
0: and use our art. We go we drive to our library because it's our library. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, paying for it so yeah as i call it the most (laughs) expensive library in london yeah um so you know we use it as you know i actually
3: think zoom is better for clients that don't understand drawings which we have a couple who will look at a drawing and they'll nod but then they'll say oh there's the window and you're like no that's the door yeah when you've (laughs) got them on a zoom call and you can show them with the cursor and you can show a section and
1: that's they, really a good point. They do
3: seem to understand it more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do. So I can on imagine a, on an actual desk with them.
1: Difficult clients as well. When you've actually got, I mean, there's there's actually an argument not go, oh, it's to, a Well, bit shaky
0: bye. Well, yeah, yeah, that.
1: But also, <laughs> lost connection. Not that any of us have done that. Yeah, um, they don't stick
0: around for three hours as they might have been <laughs> in, yeah. in the
1: office. But I mean, also,
0: you know, you can keep it down to a nice hour presentation. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Not not yeah. Um, you know going for the the paid for version, but sticking yeah. to the forty minutes because yeah. it limits your clients to have your time for that i have a
2: client who's from dubai who has seems to have one of these endless endless so so you
1: know i don't know if you can say that
2: he's
1: wonderful he's wonderful he wouldn't be listening
2: um (laughs) <laughs> but no it is uh, zoom is a curse and a, a curse and a and a and yeah. an asset i think really yeah. um I think as designers though as yeah. creative
1: people that understand problem solving you could we can you know sort it out to be a solution and not yeah. a hindrance moving forward
2: Yeah and definitely it saves it saves time and effort in terms of actually going to meet people when you know there's a few small items you just need to get through and you just you know also, have a quick call
3: Also mm. for site meetings i've done Quite a few. Well, I'm doing a job in the Channel Islands, and it, all the site meetings are on Zoom. Mm. And it's an hour of the site meetings. Now, when I go to an hour, site meeting in Notting Hill, it's
2: two hours. Mm. Yeah. bet, you know I mean? Yeah
3: it's
2: definitely quicker Mm. for site meetings Mm. absolutely i think it just focuses everybody's mind really exactly what they're uh what what we're doing and and let's get through this agenda and and uh, because nobody loves zoom that much as they want to hang out and chit chat on it particularly and it's
0: just even you know you don't have to drive somewhere you know the transport to get to where you're going Mm. that you know you're actually really being if you really want to look at it you're being incredibly time efficient so we're actually working quite efficiently mm. like this, even mm. though it's sort of yes, it's quite. So you
2: know, long term, do you think you'll stick to a more flexible model, or are you going yeah, I mean, to? You, yeah, I mean, you have
0: to now. I mean, after we used to always <laughs> say to the staff, they have to be in the office. I know. And now it's just you know you've proven that you don't have to be, so you can. not I you can't, know you, you s- have to. You have to be able to give it. You give suddenly
2: realise mm. that actually that flexibility is possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't want flexibility in the way. You know where they're working at 11 o'clock at night and yeah. trying to contact me with questions you yeah. know that kind of flexibility flexi hours need to be within a sort of normal working week working time rather yeah than like oh i'm doing drawings at 10 at night that's yeah. not flexible for yeah. me. you know i'm asleep yeah so yeah, no, but, yeah it i'm interested
1: be. if you could go back 25 years would you would you have done anything differently you two
0: Oh, I don't think you can't do it. You can't because it's, so it's like, no think, regrets, you know. Yeah, no regrets, mm. but it's not you can't because the times are so different. Yeah. Technology has made huge changes to our business, mm. and and it's and also just they'd... even think about can't remember we used to go to antique fairs or markets and take photos on a Polaroid, yes, point the Polaroid out and post it to the client yeah. by the furniture. <laughs> you know, think about that. That's yeah. what we used to do. It's so kind of scary, though. Print out drawings and post them to yes. people. Mm. We don't do that at your But technology. it's scary to know now. But I, know. So can... then to now? What, I know. What's changed
1: then to now? I know. What's going to change next? That is, cool. cool. yeah. Like, you know, yeah. We'll, we'll...
3: 3D, I think I think people will then, the yeah. whole 3D technology where the people put the goggles on and walk through the house. Yeah. I think that will be the mm. next. But is
1: that a good thing? Because <gasps> I've spoken to a number of designers who are all very worried about um, where rendering is going, because you have yeah. to do so much of the work up front before you've even won the business, because the clients yeah. need to see exactly which furniture exactly which color exactly also, which, I don't, I hate the does that close there's the no window there's, exactly. no there's no surprise the there's no opening creativity.
2: of
0: the um the, the presence at the end of the project i know, I know. it's fine for hotels i think it's it, it is for for those kind of jobs where they have to know but there's no isn't kind of for me then it's really kind of sterile
1: Clinical, yeah. I think
2: it's because I think it's because clients see that they can have them that they want them mm. not and so they just think oh that would be a great thing to have and that it feels for them like a little bit of security but actually it's of they just not quite they're not trusting they just don't trust the process because they don't mm. understand the process um so they think oh we'll have a couple of pictures yeah um it is you know, true. the
3: only thing with the renders if you know then there's no comeback to you so yeah. if they come and they say, I didn't think the sofa would look like that. And you're like, uh, there's the 3D render." You're right. Oh, yeah, what you got.
2: You're true. right. So it's
3: £20,000 for the sofa, thanks.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, you know, you have to choose the client. Yeah. We, are, we are very lucky. In 25 years, we've got a lot of repeat clients. We've mm. got clients that have got multiple homes and they're much more trusting. Mm-hmm. And if they do go away and work with someone else in another country, they generally come back and say it's not worked out, luckily. Um, <laughs> So you can t- be a bit more like you know. Okay, I'm just going to sort it out. Leave it with me. Yeah. Yep. But for a new client, and especially someone that's quite uptight, and you never really know until you're like two months into it, or you've really then discovered they're completely OCD. Mm-hmm. And those rendered drawings are your get out of jail like yeah. mm. nailed it. That's, a great that's way exactly. Of looking at it. Mm. I mean, we've had you know recently had a girl and she couldn't understand even that she had to have
2: everything 3D right? Yeah, that that becomes,
3: becomes, in
0: every color, like. All the the color had to be in the fabric, yeah. Well, that that's very of,
2: expensive, I yeah, mean, it's very yeah, expensive. They, yeah,
0: you have to kind of then draw the line and say, you know, sorry, that's not happening and that you pay for it, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. and also I don't want to be sending off my drawings to China and India, and, you know, because the 3Ds, that's where they get done, you Yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, it's too expensive to pay people here to do yeah. it. Mm. So it's yeah. just, then you're running, then you're running another design team, in a foreign country where you have to communicate everything there's you know
1: yeah it's just
0: it then becomes really you then have to go mm, is that fun anymore mm-hmm. is that really mm-hmm. creative mm-hmm. not sure i think yeah.
1: everyone had that conversation with themselves during yeah. lockdown especially with <laughs> yeah. everything changing
0: yeah. yeah i
2: think also
3: because, just to go back to if there was any regrets at one point we had a really big team there was about 12 or 14 people and Ellen and I didn't get a chance really to design the, you We know, were no. just running a business. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, they, is they, are that person doing the right thing? Are they ordering the right thing? And it just, and we consciously decided we had, we had a um, client who was a management consultant mm. at Kinsey's and they said, as soon as you've got 14 people, you need a full time HR person. We are like, that is not one person's staff we want to have. Yeah. We've got to slow this down and get back. To what we like doing like yeah, being yeah. involved with the clients and also the smaller teams you know, that's
1: the dna of your brand as well
3: so i
0: think um you know a lot of companies have probably found that because they've had to shed mm. a lot of people you know mm. a, a year ago mm. so
3: because you really need
0: the kind of the, you need the people who can kind of you need the people who can work on their own
3: yeah yeah I I we've you do. never been, worked yeah. in a big we've did it from ground up we've never worked for any other interior mm-hmm. design company studio so I don't know I've had yeah. people leave or we've had people leave Cardin Cognetti yeah. to go to work in these big design mm-hmm. studios and it's just such a more divorced process mm. yeah they but don't,
1: do you know what I find really fascinating is that I know a lot of designers that have come from these big practices and big firms, and mm. recently they've started up on their own. Yeah. And finally, they've they've got all of that knowledge behind them, but they're yeah. not restricted to what that brand wants yeah. them to achieve. Yeah. yeah. They, and it's it's amazing, and and it, it goes back to you know designers um, doing it because they love it, and they've got yeah. the you know the the affinity to to really produce a solution to a yeah. problem, and, yeah. and not sort of you know it, it be a clinical or I don't know, signature to the brand that they're designing well, for. Yeah,
3: because I think either in those kind of really big um, situations, you're, you might just do all the drawings in the bathrooms, but you never get to choose the tile or you never get to choose the Correct. fabric of the cushion. And, you know, we are much more you start to finish. You see the mm. job from the beginning and you take it all the way through whoever, whichever designer works with us on whichever project. Mm. And I think that's a more holistic experience for everyone.
2: It's a much more satisfying experience. I mean, when Mm -hmm. I started, I worked for companies with 50 plus people Mm -hmm. and, you know, I did, and there were so many elements I didn't get to be involved with or have any responsibility for. And actually it it also um, creates a situation where communication can, you know, if communication isn't good between the various members of the team who are supposed to be putting this together, suddenly someone's drawn tiles on the walls at one size, but actually the tiles are a different size Mm -hmm. um, because that person has, whatever, it's fallen down. And so actually the collective responsibility can be a bit iffy there.
1: And you're right. Um, You can just take one person, one rotten egg and a...
2: And also we were working on projects. I remember we worked on a project. We were doing all projects abroad mainly. And um, the guy on site, it was in um, Malaysia, tearing his hair out because the sofas wouldn't fit through the the, um, hotel room doors big oops.
0: Yep.
3: <laughs> I think that's number one like oops. when you have,
2: from day one, <laughs> you always say you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We've also because feeling. we've done
3: quite a lot of work in America, the younger ones, they don't understand imperial at inches mm. to centimeters and you're trying to explain to them, you need to think in threes, three feet, six mm. feet, mm. nine feet and mm. they're
2: like, yeah. they've only been taught in metric. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it is tricky. So we've got some uh, quickfires for you to get mm. some little just um, <laughs> snapshots. So I shall bounce around: mm-hmm. um, beach or mountain?
0: Mountain. Beach. Oh, liking <laughs> this already. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Most hated interior
0: trend. Okay, so mine isn't an interior trend, but it's something that you can basically see if you look out the window here. Okay. And it's the permitted development that developers got in the last few years of putting a grey, what looks like a container, on the roof of a building. Okay. So when we look back in London, and sort of, well, when I'm not here, in a hundred years' time, and you look at the architecture Mm. of the buildings that were built at this period, Mm -hmm. where they were allowed to add another floor on, even though sometimes they're quite nice, they're penthouses. Yeah. You're going to see all these buildings with these weird sheds on the roof. Blocks. Yeah. Yeah. And that is my, and it's not an interior trend, but it's... That's absolutely valid. (laughs) It's what gets you. Yeah.
3: Uh, Crital doors, if I see another one. Okay. (laughs) Funny enough. uh, people asking for them, you're like, yeah. no, I love crital doors. I love them in 1930s buildings. I have put them in people's houses because they've insisted. but it's like, you're, you're just dating your house. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. I do wonder whether, whether we're all going to look back in five years time and go, Oh, and they're really expensive yeah. as well we've got wraparound back walls of our extensions on our kitchens yeah. and uh, spent an awful lot of money and everyone's gonna go are oh wait yeah
0: 20 weeks to get
2: it 20 weeks and um, I can get it in yeah. B&Q now yeah.
0: yes exactly. it's very of <laughs> this time so two things of this time I think are those two things, things.
2: <laughs> so the things you hate but the things that you like the era if not now, that you would most have enjoyed? And I don't just mean by the interiors, but the whole vibe of the time and the period and the, or what we perceive to be the vibe of that period.
3: Between the 1920s, I guess, and uh, uh, California,
0: Ladies of the Canyon, late sort of 60s, early 70s.
2: Excellent. I
3: have a
0: really, I mean, I'm 20s too, I think. I think maybe because we're coming, we're coming out of, of, this year and it's they keep saying it's gonna be the roaring 20s so i'm really hoping (laughs) we're gonna have this amazing creative kind of fun time so yeah i'd say 20s decorative arts all all the things that come Uh, with it for sure but you know i look at every we that was the thing when we had our shop is we didn't and in our designs we don't kind of choose any particular era. we like working in all different periods so mm.
2: there's always an element of each period which is great and yeah. and which is dreadful yeah. so uh, there's always a mix and match but yeah great um and then once we're out of lockdown which we hopefully 17th of May we will know when we're where we're allowed to travel where would be your let's just say fantasy so forget budget forget yeah where would you really fantasy. most love to go to in the world or maybe it's down just to go to the local pub and eat dinner indoors <laughs> um
3: well i'd love i've been to chile and i'd love to go back to chile and spend a long time there mm-hmm. in the mountains um so yeah i
0: would say chile chile Nice. i mean i'm i do have a holiday booked in august fingers mm-hmm. crossed mm-hmm. um to greece just because i really want some sun and beach um but yeah i was supposed to go to I was going to do a drive through Baja, California Ooh. with a friend. I think the thing is for me, it's like the friends I haven't seen,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: or and my family, as you can tell, I'm not from here. Um, so I haven't seen any of them. So just going back over to North America and seeing a few people would mm. be on my, well, it's on my list. I'm hoping maybe at Christmas, but
1: I think people yeah. travel longer after all of this. Yeah, They'll spend more time understanding the culture, more time yeah. catching up with the people.
0: Yeah, we've maybe. had clients who've literally moved they've left they left london and they moved to the, their other homes for mm-hmm. the whole of this lockdown mm. they're only coming back now
2: yeah i think Which people are
0: just amazing you know and they're business people they're all working they've all realized we're having a really big thing happening now with a lot of our clients who are london-based who are definitely having reconsidering if their kids are got grown up of the fact that they can go and they can live somewhere else even you know Mm. and they don't have to be in London, they can go somewhere else. Yeah, do you no. think
2: that's going to change the way people are going to be looking at doing their properties? Because they, they will, A, they need the flexibility because maybe they'll work from home more, but also maybe they don't need certain t- properties and then their focus will be on other, other ideas. Know, just, they, Keep a penthouse in London yeah, and, then a, and then a house elsewhere somewhere just, you know, is not quite as full on as living in a major city.
3: Yeah, I think there'll be a, quite a bit of changes to the London housing market. But I, I'm quite positive because I think there's a lot of movement now again at the top.
2: Mm. I think
3: you're going to have a massive influx of people from Hong Kong. So uh. as people move out, like, mm. are, you know, there'll be people that are mm. just stepping in to take up the slack.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm.
3: London's been going forever.
0: It's not just going to stop. You no, know? I don't think no. it's going to stop. I think it's very interesting that this has really changed people's perspective you know bankers Mm. who were having to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go work over there Mm. in a building all day are not go doing that Mm. they can work you know
1: you're right it is in the caribbean or
0: in america yeah Yeah. they don't have to be in that those tower blocks Mm. and
1: point of view as well because there's just there's there's a different world outside of london yeah and london is amazing but there's Mm. other things as well and london will have its place but there's definitely other adventures to explore, should we yeah, say? Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, and people are just not having to travel so much for for business. So they yeah. are more static, so they care more about their, the environments that they live in. Yeah. Um, because they're not getting on planes every five minutes and which I yeah. think is a great thing. We've had clients who just spend their whole t- life on planes and we have yeah. to put in the most extraordinary amount of blackout um, in their bedrooms because they can never quite get back to the yeah. any sort of time zone and to sleep properly That's and actually they're true. just not not going to be doing that anymore. Mm. Just people don't see the need for it. Yeah,
3: We've got a, um, a guy at Watch Bros and his wife is a fashion designer and she works she got this new job she works for this japanese brand and two days a week or nights a week she has to do these zoom calls at three o'clock in the morning with a japanese brand but she is their main designer and she manages to do it from the uk
0: wow (laughs) wow (laughs) That is that's dedication that's very impressive. to your job. <laughs> I can't say I'd be doing
1: that. I was gonna that was my next question, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, well,
0: that just shows you
3: the global world. I mean, she's yeah, not getting yeah. on a plane, maybe before she J- would have to. Go yeah, to exactly
0: one week a month I prefer to go to not, Japan once a month Yeah, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe
2: that's a trade off if you've got small children you don't want to yeah, be leaving them absolutely. And, yeah. but, uh, but no it does open up possibilities obviously there are extremes but you know I think everyone's going to rebalance themselves and it will be a different world
0: yeah. uh, now, definitely I my clients are working from uh, um, Caribbean and so she's working on London time so yeah. she's up at I you know, would a.m be in time to get you know to be yeah available yeah you know, you know
1: Barbados area. did this um campaign this travel campaign where yeah. they um they allowed Brits to go and work out there for a year yeah um but I would hate it because you're waking up every morning always behind track because of the time difference that's yeah. true because London time would You've have happened and yeah. then you just look at all your that's like my biggest uh, nightmare to wake <laughs> up in the morning and to see all the emails come in I oh,
0: that's what I do but when yeah. you got
3: work in Los Angeles it's like that but you yeah. you get more done at night
1: yeah, that's true. And so also when you you've got the paradise of- send lots
3: of emails that when you're sort of finishing. Yeah. And then when the people come in, they can answer. That's why these rendering companies in India or Argentina or somewhere, they do work quite well because if you send the things off, they're doing it while you're asleep.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, Not guys, that we we're... do that. But I'm
3: just like, <laughs> it's a business model. If anyone wants to take that up, nah.
2: it doesn't work quite well.
1: <laughs> we're yeah. out of time now, but it's been so lovely catching up with you both, and just—I can't is like
0: our, our first meeting with anybody. Else. I just don't want it to end. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know it's been
2: great, really, oh, really so good. Yeah, for yeah. thank you. No, it's fantastic congratulations on your 25
0: years are you gonna have a party (laughs) we are talking about it yes i mean we would normally have a giant massive party dancing and Mm. everything because that's what we did for whenever it was our 10th um but obviously we can't but we're hoping we'll do something maybe in the autumn we're looking at that but who knows amazing In the meantime, we just have to
1: work through this. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for coming. You. Thank you.
1: So that was uh, Carden Cognetti, the ladies yes. from Carden Cognetti. How wonderful are they? It was a really
2: good interview, wasn't it? It was really, really exciting to hear how their business you know started from a little seed of you know two minds meeting to where it is today and obviously the hot topic of how we've all coped with the last year
1: and, and just like, you know, how they, they met from social into business and, mm-hmm. and and move forward from there. And also like looking back, there are no regrets because mm. things are changing all around us. And it's just how we adapt to that. Yeah, it
2: was really valid that, that thing of that, looking back over the last 25 years, you just think how how has the world changed enormously? And I often think the same thing as you, which, which is if the world changes again in the next 25 years, my God, where will we be? We'll be robotic by that point. Oh I think, God, probably. it's
1: terrifying. I think for you as well, you've you You've got your own business mm. as an interior designer and certainly in these times it must have felt quite isolating making decisions and it must just be really refreshing knowing people like these ladies to, who can you know just have yeah. exactly the same feelings and exactly the same um Experiences to a certain extent of of those challenges. Well, if I
2: can just put a little plug in for the BIID, they're BIID members and, um, you know, that is what's great about having associations for your industry is that you get that sort of, you know, you get that communication, that interaction with your peer group, often small businesses who who struggle with really similar problems.
1: Mm, 100% and I think in these times especially it is all about, you know, jumpstarting those human connections yeah, once more exactly. as we have today
2: yes <laughs> in real life
1: okay <laughs> our next episode uh, next month uh, looks at well it looks at design through a different perspective really we're going to be joined by uh, Florence Rolfe and uh, Mel Yates so Florence is a stylist and Mel is a photographer and we're going to be um, theming that episode on capturing design so we're going to be looking at how photographers and stylists look at design potentially through a slightly different different lens to that of designers and architects um, join us then
2: see you then